walking without skin, managing adversity with vulnerability. to help other survivors to be able to move past their past and create you know an amazing future because there is life after trauma everybody is going to heal at a different rate there's no cookie cutter method or time frame for healing from trauma where can i find some protection You are listening to Walking Without Skin, the show where we encourage our guests to be vulnerable, to share their voices with authenticity, to tell their stories from the heart. We will talk about hope and recovery, about overcoming loss, changes, challenges, and adversities. We will walk without skin. And here is your host, Lois Wagner. Hi, I am Lois, your friend for forgiveness and the creator of Walking Without Skin. I have a book with the same title, Walking Without Skin. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting to Tracy Osborne of the Global Association for Trauma Recovery. She is a certified trauma recovery coach and a certified cognitive behavioral therapy coach practitioner. From Georgia. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Lois. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here and to join us on this conversation. Tracy and I go back a while. She shared the platform with me on the Rape and Resilience Summit that I ran last year. So we share quite a lot. We have a lot in common. Yes, and you've shared a few platforms of mine as well. <laughs> yes, we've been out there. <laughs> So Tracy, please tell our listeners what you think the phrase walking without skin means to you. Oh, um, put me on the spot here. So, you know, walking without skin, to me, it, it's like being naked, being more than naked. You're, you're very vulnerable. You're very out there, very open. I think the biggest thing for me is that it really means vulnerability. Absolutely. Well, spot on. Thank you. <laughs> so Tracy, please tell us what got you into this business that you do. Oh my goodness. So, you know, I, I started my journey as a virtual assistant and I was a virtual assistant for about 10 years and was doing fine, doing great, making good money, but it wasn't fulfilling. And I knew I wanted to work with women and I wanted to help them. And I couldn't figure out how that looked. And so I tried a few different things that 
it, that did okay, but it just wasn't the right fit. And then a couple of years ago, I lost my husband. And that is when I really realized that I wanted to work in trauma recovery. And I wanted to help other survivors to be able to move past their past and create, you know, an amazing future because there is life after trauma. I love that expression, move past the past. So what do you do? How do you support survivors? So I started out trying to be a coach and trying to start a coaching business, but I didn't feel right charging people for my services. Um, and, and that's probably a mindset of mine that I need to work on, but it just didn't feel right to me charging people to heal. And, you know, something else that I had found out that I discovered while I was, you know, trying to get this business up and running is that there are so many survivors out there who desperately need the help, but don't have the income. They can't afford a coach. They can't afford a therapist. And those are the people that I really want to work out or to reach out to and work with. And that's why I started the Global Association for Trauma Recovery a couple months ago. Uh, It's a brand new nonprofit startup that we're still working on all the ins and outs of. And so that's that's kind of where I'm going. And I I think one of the biggest things that we're going to be doing with the nonprofit, you know, is aside from providing resources and information, and the discussion forum is I want to provide like a scholarship program for people who need therapy, want the therapy or the coaching, but don't have the resources or the funds. And so we'll pay for a portion of it or, you know, like maybe a month's worth or something like that. You know, the, it's still in the planning phases, but that's kind of where we're headed. And getting funding for your nonprofit, do you see any challenges with that? Oh, of course. You know, with anything else, it's, okay, there's, you know, all these people coming after me for money. Where do I want to place my dollar? So it's it's definitely, there's going to be a challenge. Right now, we're kind of in a holding pattern because we have to wait for the IRS to approve our nonprofit status. Until that happens, getting funding is next to impossible. But once that happens, I can definitely start going after corporate sponsors, grants, things like that. And what are you going to do to help these survivors? How do you plan on supporting them? So like I said, the biggest thing that I want to do is create this scholarship program. Being able to help these people, men and women, who are struggling to get the help and the support that they need. Because they, they don't have insurance, they can't pay for it, whatever the case may be. If we can help them even just get a start, that'll be a, bit, a big help for them. The other thing is, as I continue to build out the website, we'll be providing more and more information on trauma healing, resources that they can look at. We're going to be providing workshops and webinars, and we have a, a support forum as well. You mentioned that you use your voice to raise awareness and to facilitate change. How are you using your voice? Doing things just like this, talking with wonderful people like you and letting them know, you know, what's happening out there, what we're seeing and, you know, just helping to bring awareness to the fact that 
trauma happens. It happens to everybody. Nobody is immune from it. And helping to get rid of the stigma around trauma and the mental health portion of it as well. So what is the first thing you will do with people who come to you? Oh, so, you know, the, the first thing that I'll probably do or that I do with people that come to me is get them into the discussion forum, into the support group. It's free to join. We have different subcategories of groups in there for different types of trauma. But getting in there and being around people that get it, that understand, that have been there is really comforting to be able to go in and talk to somebody and vent, gripe, whatever you need to do, and people understand what you're going through. You know, I I recall when I went to a rape group after I'd been raped, I recall being in a very uncomfortable position because I was further along in my journey than some of the other people. And I got very frustrated with them because I felt, why aren't they moving on? What's wrong with them? You know, obviously today I have more compassion and empathy than I did at that time. So obviously at that time it was all about me and I just really didn't understand why these women couldn't move on. How do you negotiate that? How do you manage that process when people are at different stages or phases of the healing? You know, that's just it. Everybody is going to heal at a different rate. There's no cookie cutter method or time frame for healing from trauma. And everybody needs to go through the various stages at their own pace. How do I manage that? I meet people where they are. If they are more advanced in their healing, great. I meet them there. If they're just starting out, I remember what it was like when I was just starting out too. So the biggest thing is to have that compassion and just you know, meet people where they are and remember that everybody heals differently. And just because they're not moving forward, you know, what I think they should be doing doesn't mean they're not moving forward to their own comfort levels. That's great when you're talking one-on-one, but you're talking about a support group. And if people are at different phases and getting upset with each other because they don't understand where the other person is on their journey, how do you manage that process? Then you have to remind them, you know, you have to remind them that everybody's healing journey is personal and that their frustration is indicative of something within them that they need to be looking at. You know, maybe they're actually frustrated with their own healing levels or healing speed. And, you know, they're taking that frustration out on somebody else. You've got to remember compassion and empathy and love and support. And I don't tolerate hate. I don't tolerate being mean to each other. You know, if you're not going to be supportive and you're going to be detrimental to somebody's healing, you're not going to be in my support circle. Sure. It is quite a difficult road to navigate, isn't it? (laughs) It it is. It is. I ask myself often, what am I doing? What am I thinking? Why did I do this? (laughs) But, you know, in the when it all comes down to it, this this is my passion. This is what I was called to do is to help survivors. So on your healing journey, what is the best advice you were ever given? Maybe what was the worst advice you were ever given? 
you know, I, I'd have to say that the worst advice is just get over it. You know, I, I think a lot of us have heard that at one point or another, you know, it's, it's been X number of years and just get over it. If only it were that easy. And I think the best advice is that I've learned or that I've heard is to be gentle with myself and be compassionate with myself. Um, and it's really taught me a lot about patience, which is something I don't have very much of. I am all about instant gratification. And you don't get that in the healing journey. It's, it's takes a while. It's not an overnight thing. So, you know, I've learned a lot about how to be more patient with myself and kind to myself. Now, one has to do that. I, I remember my story. I, I became an activist immediately afterwards. Instead of being kind to myself, I went about changing the world instead of changing me first. <laughs> so it's so important to have that self-love and self-care. Absolutely imperative. And what would you tell the family and friends of somebody who's experienced terrible trauma? You know, I would tell them pretty much the same thing I've been saying. You have to approach them with compassion. You have to have empathy. You have to approach them with love and support. You know, especially if you don't understand what they're going through. If you had never been through that type of trauma yourself. You have to remember that everybody heals at different rates and they all grieve and process trauma differently. So what one person might do, another person might look at and think that's just completely wrong. And it is for that other person, but for the person that's healing in in the way that they choose, it's perfect for them. You know, for example, my speaking out and the fact that I am so open and transparent about all the various traumas that I have endured in my life. That has been a huge healing journey for me, a huge proponent in my healing. Other people might look at that and think that's not the right way to heal by talking to other people about what happened to you. You know, so everybody, everybody does this differently. The other thing that I would definitely suggest to them is be careful with their choice of words depending on what the traumas are, you know, there's, uh, like when Mark died, you know, I, I made a bunch of friends that were also widowers or widows and they heard things like, well, they're in a better place. Uh, at least you still have your kids. They're no longer hurting. And it comes from a place of meaning, you know, and, and love, but it comes across to us as harmful because, no, they're not in a better place. Their place is with us, you know? <laughs> so no, they're not in a better place. Nobody can take care of my husband like I could. You know, so just be, be careful of your wording. And if you don't know what to say, then it's probably best not to say anything at all and just say, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. If, if you need to talk, you need to, li- you know, I'm here to listen. Right. Just to show up, just to be there. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Yeah, what I've found is that, you know, usually within the first couple of weeks after a trauma, that's when everybody's right there um, checking in on you, making sure you're okay and all that. And after the dust kind of settles, then they they don't know what to do. They don't want to keep bringing it up. They don't want to, um, you know, they're afraid to trigger you if they keep 
asking how you are or you know anything like that so they kind of tend to fade into the woodwork they stop bringing you the bowls of chicken soup yeah <laughs> i want some soup give me a casserole <laughs> can you perhaps share one incident in your experience with a client that touched your heart and maybe even changed the way you think or the way that you operate i, I was working with uh, one woman who she was having a hard time with personal responsibility and I was able to kind of help her open her eyes to you know what was going on with her and how she was using her trauma to lash out at others and being able to you know kind of see that transformation in her and just the fact that she was like I, I never realized that I never noticed that uh, and being able to be cognitive of what she's doing and start taking that personal responsibility and, you know, making some changes, you know, that's, that's one of the greatest things is when you, you can see them getting rid of the, the anger and the pain and transforming it into a place of love. It's self-awareness of knowing where you are on your journey. It's also important. If you understand that, you can see that there's light at the end of the tunnel. So that's fabulous. Absolutely. I mean, we tend to, to go through life on autopilot so many times, you know, so much of the time that we just, we don't stop to really pay attention to what we're doing, how our actions are affecting other people, how our actions are affecting ourselves. And so, you know, having that that awareness is really key. And so what is one piece of advice, the best piece of advice you can give somebody who's traveling a similar journey to your journey? Oh, goodness. Um, you know, one day at a time, one step at a time. There's, there's nothing wrong with taking two steps forward and three steps back. It happens. Just keep on, keep on going. That's the biggest thing is just keep on going. So that makes me, brings me to a little off the beat question. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would you have on it and what would it say and why? You know, I think it would say you are not alone because we tend to feel alone, victims of trauma and just people in general, we're so busy nowadays, we're always on our phones or our computers or our iPads or whatever, we feel alone and we may not even recognize it or realize it. But the fact of the matter is you're not alone. There's so many people out there who are waiting to welcome you with open arms into their circles. There is wonderful support out there and you've just got to reach out. Absolutely. Yeah. We can't find you if we don't know where you are. You, you're probably aware that I'm working on a project or a movement to stop bullying, harassment, sexual violence, gender-based violence, and it's called BRAVE. So what does the term BRAVE mean to you in this context? BRAVE is, in that context, is having the courage to move forward to put that foot in front of the other, because you know, when you're beat down, it's hard to get up. It really is. 
but having that courage and that strength to get up and continue and go forward and show these people that they're not going to win over us. You know, they're bullying, they're violence. And you may have beat me down, but I'm back up and I'm going to keep on going. That to me is brave. Fabulous. And now in the context of if we want to stop sexual violence and harassment? Oh, and in that context, to me, being brave is speaking out. Not only speaking out about what happened to you in, in order to get justice for yourself, but also to speak out about domestic violence and sexual abuse and help the movement that we're all trying to get going continue as far as raising awareness, getting rid of the stereotypes, removing the stigma around sexual assault and, and domestic violence, you know, and things like those horrible questions that we absolutely hate. What were you wearing? What were you doing? What were you drinking? What were you smoking? What did you say to him? You know, did you provoke him? You know, those kinds of questions that are just victim blaming. You know, being brave and having a voice helps to rid the world of that kind of stuff. I love that. If more people speak up, speak out, shout out, we all will be brave and we can make a difference. Absolutely. Do you work virtually and in person? No, I just work virtually because I can work with anybody around the world. So I work solely virtually. How can our listeners contact you? Uh, the best way to find me would be on the organization website, which is gaftr.org. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes. And what last tip do you have for our listeners? The last tip I, I think I have, you know, I've, I've shared several of my favorites, which is you know, move past your past. You're not alone. There's light or there's life after trauma. But, I, you know, the biggest tip I have is just be kind to yourself. This is a process and it's not an easy process. There's a lot of pain, a lot of fear, a lot of anger involved. And as you're processing through all that, you need to remember to be kind to yourself. How long did it take you to recover? Most of my life <laughs> because I didn't do it right. I thought, okay, well, I can handle this. I don't need to talk to anybody. I don't need therapy. I don't need any of this. I can deal with it. So it wasn't really until the past 10 years or so that I really started working on my own past traumas and healing from them. So it's, it's taken me quite a while because I took the long road. I think that's such an important message to share that so many of us have been through it and we've worked through it and we've made the mistakes so don't make the same mistakes. Come let us help you shortcut that process and don't spend your whole life exactly. recovering. Let us help you get through it much quicker because you can. You can exactly. do it much quicker. So, Tracy, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really lovely to talk to you. You're a great inspiration. Thank and you, Lois. It's my pleasure. And I uh, wish you well with your, your NPO and your project and I love the idea of your scholarship I think that is very exciting 
And I say thank you very much, and I invite all of our audience to fly free. Thank you for listening to Walking Without Skin. We would love your feedback, opinions, suggestions, and ratings. Please share this podcast far and wide to encourage more people to share their stories with vulnerability and authenticity.